Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I don't know what type of um, spiritual goals you may have set, but I really believe that that's where it starts. For us to be successful in our life, I think we've got to focus on our number one priority, which is our, our spiritual life. And yesterday we had the, uh, the wedding ceremony for, uh, for Tim and for Andrea. And uh, hey, Brother Earl, good to see you this morning. Uh, yesterday we had the wedding ceremony for Tim and Andrea, and a lot of you guys were here, and uh, in that ceremony we had communion with the family, Tim and Andrea and the four kids, and uh, and we turned off the microphones there, and I don't know if you could hear and still with the microphones off, because I want that to be a time for them, but there's one thing that I shared with them in that communion that I want to share with all of you. If we get the spiritual part of our life right... Listen to what I'm saying. And yesterday we were talking about oneness. Marriage is oneness. And one area of oneness that a husband and wife needs to focus on is the area of spiritual oneness. And if we get that right, everything else in life falls into place. I mean, and I even told them when we were taking communion, they giggled a little bit. But I said, it's just like buttoning up a shirt. If you get the top button right... You don't have to pay attention to the rest of them. They just fall into place, right? We look in the mirror to be sure we get this one right, and then we kind of walk away and we button it up the rest of the way. They just fall into place. The same thing is true in your life. But the problem is everybody's down here trying to start with everything else in their life, whether it be their finances or their jobs or their careers or relationships or family or just whatever it is, those are the other buttons on the shirt, the number one button we need to focus on is our spiritual life. I don't know if you um, saw the, um, the meme that I created and threw out the other day. Actually, I did this yesterday morning before we went to our men's Bible study because it didn't start till 7.30, which to me was late. And so I'm up and I'm waiting. I didn't think 7.30 was ever going to get here. So I'm, I'm just studying a little bit and reading God's Word some. And I came across um, this Word study here. Matter of fact, the Lagos Bible app is an amazing Bible app that hopefully and prayerfully everyone gets. But I want you to pay attention to this word Lagos. It's the Greek word Lagos. It simply means the word. It's talking about the word of God. I don't know about you, but in 2018, I want the Holy Spirit of God under the cells of my wings. Right? I want God to bless me. I want God to bless my family. I want God to bless my efforts that I'm putting putting forth in every area of my life. So in order to have God's favor, in order for God to smile on you, in order to feel the Holy Spirit of God's presence under your wings and Him leading you through life, there's some things you've got to get right. 
And the first thing is your spiritual life. The Word of God. So my prayer is, and the meme that I put together is, the pleasure of God is a matter of logos, the Word. The second thing I said is ethos, which simply is the Greek word that means what we are. It's who we are. You see, it doesn't do you any good to claim that you are a believer of the Word if you're not acting like it. Because your peers can see through that pretty quick. Your spouse can see through that pretty quick, right? When we're out there in the community and in the world, they know whether you are a believer in Christ obeying the Word of God. They know what you are. We don't have to tell them that. But if we can get the Word of God in our heart, Lagos, and it creates ethos, who we are, and then we combine, combine that with pathos, which simply means our passion, <laughs> you're set now. For the Holy Spirit of God to get under the cells, under the under your wings, for you to have a successful 2018. So it all starts with our spiritual life. The Word of God and the Word of God finding its place in our heart and us living that out on a daily basis. It being who we are, what we're striving to be, is an obedient child of God living out. The word of God for the whole world to see. Not so we can get a pat on the back, but so that he will be edified and he will be glorified. And his will be carried out on earth as it is in heaven through us. That's my passion for 2018. One of the things that I want to do is I really want to set myself for direction so that God can, I don't know, just lift me and bless me. It's kind of what David, and I'll talk about this later. It's in your notes. Don't go there yet. But David was asking for the favor and the blessings of God. Many times throughout Scripture, you'll find where individuals were seeking God's favor, seeking God's blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life walking in the favor of God. Amen? I want the Lord to smile at my life. I want him to look at me and say, you know what, that old boy, he ain't got everything right, and he's not perfect, but, but man, he is striving to live for me. He's doing his very best to live out the Word of God in his life. I want God's favor to rest on me. I want his blessings to rest on me. In everything that I do, I want God's favor. Do you want it? I hope you do. Well, there's some things you've got to get in order in your life, and that's what we're going to talk about. One of my goals, and, um, you know, last week I sat up here and I just talked from the heart, kind of like I'm doing right now, just speaking from the heart. Matter of fact, that's usually what I do. My sermons are basically from the heart. I have an outline. Really, that's to let me know when I'm done, right? (laughs) That's what my hermeneutics professor said. Boys, you know what an outline is for, right? And they're giving all these reasons why. And he said, no, it's so you know when you're done. When you're done, stop. My problem is I never get started. (laughs) I get hung up in the introductions. I can get through the outline pretty quick. But I don't write out my sermons. I I just kind of speak from the heart. I I study God's word. I pray. I I get what I feel the message is from God. And I I try to stand here and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to lead me and speak through me and have some guidelines that I've written down. But So last week we kind of wound down the year. That was day 365, right? This is day 7 of a brand new year, 2018. What are some of your goals? What are some things that, and I'm not asking you to shout those out or anything. I want you to think about it. 
what are some of the things that you would like to see accomplished in your life in 2018? Well, I do know this. Let me say this. Are you happy where you are today in your life? Hopefully you are. But if you're not, and there's some things that you say, boy, I sure wish that was different. Well, for that to be different, you're going to have to change some things. Because they are the way they are today. And this is hard for some people to get a hold of. But they really are the way they are today because of decisions you made yesterday. Right? I told my kids, we were raising our kids when they were smaller, and said, listen, you're free. You're free to make any decision you want to make. Right? You're free to do anything you want to do, make any decision you want to make. You're free to make that. However, you are not free to choose the consequences of that decision. Right? Now, we laid down some barriers, and we laid down some things, and we laid down some parameters, and we laid down the boundaries, and they knew where they were, and now you're free to obey or disobey. But you don't get to pick the consequences of them. They are going to come as a direct result of decisions that you make on a daily basis. The same is true for all of us. Where we are today in our life and how we're living our life and where we are, I mean, I hope and pray you're happy with where you are. You know, I hope you're happy. One of the things that I'm trying to live out this week, and I sat out there and I talked with Debbie in the, in the Connection Cafe the other night about midnight, and we're out there talking, and I said, you know what? I want to get to the place where I can just enjoy life a little bit, just enjoy what God has blessed us with, instead of always striving for the next thing, right? And that's kind of hard for me to do sometimes because I'm so driven, but I do want to enjoy it. So here's, here's one of the goals I have for John Cannon this year, and it's this. Enjoy where you are while you're on your way to where you're going. That's one of my goals. I want to enjoy where I am today while I'm on my way to where I'm going tomorrow. I don't know that I'll ever stop being a driven person, but I do want to pause long enough to enjoy life a little bit. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord. So that's one of my goals. Enjoy where I am today while I'm on my way to where I'm going. Is this all we have envisioned for Victory Church that I have? No, there's so much more. But I want to enjoy today. I don't want to waste today so driven about tomorrow that I stop to look around and see the blessings and enjoy the favor and the blessings of God today. So that's one of my goals. Another goal that I have, and by the way, this really has nothing in a little bit to do with my message. Another goal that I have is this in 2018. And I'm sharing this with you so that I can be held somewhat accountable for it. And by the way, I'm going to ask you to come up here and share your goals, too, so I can hold you accountable, okay? No, I'm just kidding. But I am going to share this one with you. One of the goals that I've had for many years is to write a book. That's one of my goals. I've started numerous times on numerous topics, and I've got manuscripts that are halfway completed, and I've got chapter book outlines that are halfway completed. Matter of fact, I've got two book outlines that are completely completed. They're just outlines. I've got to go back and put the meat to them. But I've never really finished any of those books that I've started. So I'm going to share with you today so that you can help hold me accountable in 2018. I want you to ask me about it from time to time. I've given you that permission. Ask me, how's it coming with the book? Because by the end of this year, I want to have at least one book published. That's my goal. So what you have in front of you is a workbook. You say, this is a, man, that's a huge sermon note, right? Well, this I want to put in your hands because this is the initial workbook for the book that I want to have completed and written this year. So I've got the skeleton in place. I've got the outline in place. 
it's easier for me to get up here and just speak it, so I hope we have the podcast going because I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast. Do we have it recording? Okay. You can't miss one of these. All right? Brad, look at me. We're going to, we're going to hold Brad accountable. Who's, who's doing the podcast? Who's in charge of getting it recorded? In the sound booth. Who's in charge of getting it recorded? Brad, Brad. Okay, Brad, look at me. Hold up my hand. Hold up your hand. I'll hold up my hand. I, Brad, do solemnly swear. No, no, no. I'm just, just kidding you. But I got to have that. Because I just speak from my heart, and these words I want to go back and listen to, and hopefully they're in some type of sentence form (laughs) to where I can write some of this stuff down and complete this book and put the meat on this skeleton of this. So what I've put in your hands is something that we're going to unpack for the next probably two or three Sundays. Okay, so you got to bring this back each week. I can't afford to keep running them off. So you've got to bring these back. And, you know, we'll have some extras, but please hold on to this one and bring it back. There's going to be some fill-in-the-blank stuff that we're going to do. And the reason I chose this one is because it all goes back to the premise of what I just shared with. If you want, if you want, if you want your shirt to be buttoned up correctly, you've got to get the top button in alignment. Right? You ever seen those guys? And I've seen some. I'm going to say, hey, bro, you need, you need to go back. Your shirt is all messed up. Man, you got your collar all hanked down. Have you guys seen some guys like that before? I'd pull them aside and say, hey, dude, let me help you right here. Go, go button up that shirt correctly. You missed the button. You didn't start off right, right? The top button is not in alignment. Just go get it fixed, okay? Right? The same thing applies to us spiritually and in our lives. Sometimes we need to look at one another and say, hey, dude, you got to stop, man. Your life is out of alignment, There's some things that are not right. And it's got to go back to where you start with the spiritual things in your life. Get that right first. And everything else will just fall into place. I believe that with all of my heart. So I went through a lot of different things that I've studied. And I was praying and thinking, God, what do I want to share with our congregation for the very first message of of the year 2018? Well, to me, it's this. Priorities matter. In your life, priorities do matter. And if we don't get those straight, if we don't get that right, then we can't be successful in 2018. I don't care how much money you make. By the way, that's not a, that's not a barometer, if you will, on how successful you are, how much money you make. I'm talking about are you pleasing the Lord? That's what matters. Every single day I realize that one day... One day, I, John Cannon, will stand before a holy God, and I will give account of my life. Things I did, things I was involved in, things I said, how I lived my life, how I loved my family, how I provided for my family, how I led the church, messages that I preached. We're going to give an account of all of that, words that I said, even thoughts. God knows everything. But one day I'm going to stand before him. And I remember, I I think about this often. And you know what I want to hear the Lord say, as I hope and pray you want to hear the Lord say? I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Get this. You've been faithful over a few things. That's probably me. Uh, That's probably me. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter into the joys of the Lord. I'll make you ruler over many. That's chapter and verse. I want to hear the Lord say, well done. When I'm done, when my family lays me in the grave, 
and they're at my funeral, I want them to walk away and say, you know what? He was faithful over a few things. He left a godly legacy. That's my heartbeat. That's what I want to leave behind. So in order to do that, we've got to start today with some priorities. We've got to start today. I mean, we can't wait till tomorrow, right? And we can't let this wear off about halfway through the month or February, March, spring gets here. We completely forget it. No, we, we've got to stay focused on our priorities. So we're going to work our way through this. I don't have any idea how far we're going to get today, okay? Matter of fact, I'm going to watch my watch, and when it gets close to being about 15, 20 minutes from now, we're going to try to wind this thing down. But I wanted to put this in your hands because I want us to work through this together. It's probably one of the most important messages that I ever share with you is this particular message right now. And and you have the notes for it. Okay, so we're going to start. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into this. And I had Dustin come and read the scripture earlier, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 down through verse number 9. And a lot of other passages of scripture that I have in here for you that I want you to get. Okay. So before we start, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence that I feel in this place today. Lord, we need you. And we just pray, Lord, that you meet with us, that you finger around in our hearts and reveal areas that need our attention. Possibly there's areas that, that we just need to go back and get in alignment. Lord, to use the shirt analogy, if our shirt's not buttoned up properly, tell us. Reveal it to us. Help us to see that. And Lord, help us to make the necessary alignments and corrections so that we can have the Holy Spirit of God under the cell of our wings lifting us so that in 2018 we are walking in the favor and in the blessings of a holy God. Father, I ask your will to be done throughout this message, throughout our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're talking about priorities. Now, I believe it starts spiritually. If you will, look in your notes, and we'll have text on the screen as well. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 through following, and I had Dustin read this, I want to read it again. He's saying, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, you see, I have a summary there of the passage and some special points there, and I'll look at some of those here in just a moment. But this is a key passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, this particular passage of Scripture is, is what is commonly known in the New Testament as the great commandment. You remember the guy came up to Jesus one day, and he said, Lord, what is the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? The Lord immediately said, that you tithe. No, that wasn't the greatest commandment. He said immediately, oh, you got to go to church every Sunday. You cannot miss a Sunday. No, that wasn't the greatest commandment. Oh, I know what it is. The greatest commandment is that I love my brother. That's a great commandment, but it's not the greatest commandment, right? What is the greatest commandment? Quickly, without a hesitation, the Lord Jesus looked back at this young man. He said, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. In the Hebrew, that was called the Shema. The Shema was probably one of the earliest verses that a young Jewish boy would have memorized when he was a child. Matter of fact, the Shema was probably one of the verses that Jesus himself, the Word of God, the living Word of God, but as a young Jewish Hebrew boy, that was probably one of the earliest verses that he memorized as a child, the Shema. And here we find it in Deuteronomy chapter 6 for all of us today. This is part of Victory Church's mission and vision statement here at Victory, right? We have the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, and then also we're building D6 families to carry that out, right? D6 comes from Deuteronomy chapter number 6. But look at the passage. It's in verses 4 through 5. It summarizes the faith of Israel in a few impressive words. And he says, if you will, in verse 4, listen, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In verses 7 through 9, Moses instructed the people to communicate their faith to their children. Guys, do you realize as parents, our number one responsibility as parents is to be the primary faith trainer in the home. It's our responsibility to teach our children the word of God. Instill in them the scripture of the word. I want you to look also, if you will. Bind them as a sign. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house. Walk along the road when you lie down, when you get up. We see in verses 10 through following, there's a warning that if they do not, you have to look in your scripture for that, but there's a warning if they do not heed the word of God and carry this out, there's a warning from God. But then the parental theme is resumed in verses 20 and following. So I want you to look, if you will, in your your handbook that I gave you, in page number 2, under the special points in verses 4 through 5, that's the Shema that I was talking about. And that's what every Hebrew boy would have memorized. Very One of the very first parts of the scripture memorization that they would memorize is this. Now, on your right, you'll see the phylacteries that they wore. Okay, if you remember, Jesus made reference to the Pharisees that had enlarged their phylacteries. It's the scripture, the commands that they would carry on their arm and on their or on their forehead. And you'll see he has them on there as an example of that. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for enlarging those. Matter of fact, they also enlarged the hem of their garment, the border, which signified that they were a Pharisee. In other words, they were enlarging all these things so they would get the respect and the applaud and the honor and the recognition of man. Jesus rebuked them for enlarging those. He didn't rebuke them for having those because it was part of the culture. The scripture, the commands of God, were to be on their forehead and on their arm. That was part of the phylacteries. Also, you'll see the mezuzahs were placed on their doorpost. And in that also were the commands of God, okay? So here's the truth for today. I want you to turn the page, if you will, please. The truth for today is simply this, and this is for all of us. The truth for every single one of us is that we as parents, and by the way, you may say, well, I'm out of this because I don't have any children. No, 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 no. There's always the next generation. So whether they are your biological children or not, we're always to be reaching down to the next generation and passing the faith of God to the next generation, okay? So whether you have grandkids, whether you have kids, we're all in this thing together. We're to be passing. Listen, we're one generation away from Christianity becoming extinct. Think about it. If we don't continue to pass down our faith, then obviously it could possibly become 
extinct. So that is the truth of the scriptures that we are the individuals that are responsible for teaching the word of God to our children. It's not our youth pastor. It's not the pastor. It's not our children's church workers. It's not our Awana staff leaders, although they can help and assist you. But you as a parent are the primary individual that is responsible for teaching your children the way of the Lord. Let's get to number one there, and I'm going to skip some of what's in the notes. I want you to get to number one, the believer. There's three important duties of every believer. And number one on page number three, if you're there, the believer is to place the commandments in his heart. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter number six, verse six. Pay attention to this scripture. If you mark in your Bibles, this is a great one to mark in. I want you to highlight the word, be in your heart. Look at this. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. It's to be who you are, right? To be in your heart. Listen, I'm not going to say it doesn't do any good because the word of God is so powerful. It can still do good. But the word of God is going to have so much more effect for you as a parent if it's first and foremost in your heart. So before we can teach something, we've got to have it instilled in us. Before we can share something, before we can lay out the example to our children, we've got to be living it. So mom and dad, it does matter what you do. It does matter the decisions that you make. It does matter how you live your life. Your kids are watching, and what they need to see is the Word of God being lived out in your life. Deuteronomy 6.6, these words that I've given you today are to be in your heart. We've got to live those out on a daily basis. Also look at Psalm 119 verse 11. Scripture says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's one of the verses of Scripture that I shared with our Awana leaders just a few weeks ago. Listen, guys, that's what it's all about. We're instilling the word of God in the hearts of these children so that... They will not sin against the Lord, but also that needs to be taking place in our life. We need the word of God in our heart so that we will not sin against the Lord. So the believer is to place the commandments in his heart. The second thing I want you to see is that the believer is to diligently teach. Everybody say teach. The believer is to diligently. Everybody say teach. We are to teach the commandments to our children. Teaching is experiencing the truth personally. Teaching is applying the truth. The children are going to see the truth in your life. They're going to absorb the truth because they hear the word of God and they see it being lived out in your life. So it's one thing to say it. It's something else to live it. Matter of fact, I want you to look at the next fill in the blank here. The whole thrust is that believers are to live by the commandments. Guys, it is important. I'm on page four in your notes if you're looking halfway through. The next blank is live. The whole thrust is that believers are to live by the commandments. They are to experience them. They are to obey them. They are to set the dynamic example before their children. Now, in the home is a real easy place for us to relax, right? In the home is a real easy place for us to relax our manners, for us to relax our compassion, for us to relax our mercy, for us to relax our Christian values. 
It's kind of easy just to get into the house and relax. You've got to be careful with getting too comfortable in the home. Right? One of the things that I tell our family all the time, in the home you, you say please. Will you please get that for me? Will you say thank you? Thank you for getting that for me. Right? I mean, why in the world will we be, we be more pleasant to a total stranger than we are our own family? Say amen or on me, but let me know you're out there, right? So we've got to be careful with getting too comfortable in the home. The same thing comes in living out our faith. It's not going to do your kids a whole lot of good. If they see you out at the church or out in the community and telling people how you love Jesus, and they see you living like the devil in the house, at home. Right? It matters how we live. So we've got to live these principles out. We need to be kind to our family as we're kind to neighbors. We need to love our family as we love neighbors. Right? As we love one another. All these we are to carry out. They need to see. Our family needs to see us in the word. They need to see us studying. They need to see us praying. Right? Every time I think about the family praying, I think about Kristen. I think I've shared this with you a thousand different times. But I remember Kristen was a young, just a kid. And mom had fixed lunch for us. And, and she started eating her lunch. And I said, Kristen, did you pray? Yeah. And she kept eating. Kristen, did you pray? Yeah. I said, Kristen, God knows if you prayed. I'll get real quick on it because I think you've heard this before. I said, Kristen, God knows if you prayed or not. She took another bite and she said, he may know, but he won't tell you. <laughs> She's just a little thing. Huh? You know, sometimes you can't help but chuckle through some of that, right? But it does matter how we live in the home. We are to teach our children a lot of other scripture for that. Look at page five of your notes. I want you to get this third point here. The believer is to use the commandments as a strong witness and a testimony before the public. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 8 and verse number 9. Get this. Bind them. What's them? What are we talking about here? What are we binding? The word of God, right? The commands of God. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. That's the phylacteries, right? And then we see the mezuzahs here, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That was very common in the Jewish culture. But here I want you to see there's a public and a private element that's taking place here. The phylacteries was the public word of God. Look in your notes. When an Israelite was out in public, he was to bind the commandments on his hand and on his forehead. Right? That's so the whole public, everybody in the community would know that I am a believer in the commands and the word of God. But not only was there the public element, there was also the private element. Look in your notes. Within the home, he was to write them on the doorpost and on his gates. The mezuzahs were placed there and they had a portion of scripture there. Come on down the middle of the page. The blank you need to fill in is the word home. The thrust of Moses' preaching was that the home was to be the center for bearing testimony to the truth of the commandments. How is your home? Are you bearing the truth of God's word in your home? Is it being revealed and seen and lived out and exemplified in your home? Well, it's important that we live those out because there's the public and the private witness and testimony to the word of God. 
Let me try to fast forward here. Turn over to page number six. I'm not going to have time to look at everything in these notes. That's for you to kind of work through and have. Well, then how are we to live out Deuteronomy chapter six in the 21st century? How do we live that out? Do we all need to go get us some leather bands and some phylacteries and put them on our hands and on our forehead and walk around? No, I don't believe that's what God's calling us to do. Do we need to get mezuzahs and post them on the door of our house and put the commands in there? Well, that's kind of a nice gesture if you want to do that. But that, in essence, is really not what God is commanding us to do. How, then, are we to live out Deuteronomy 6 in the 21st century? How do we build a D6 family? Deuteronomy 6 family. How do we build a D6 church? Deuteronomy 6 church. Where we're loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We're loving our neighbors ourselves, which is the second greatest commandment, right? We're passing our faith to the next generation. How do we live that out? Well, there's one word, and you probably already know what it is. We must prioritize our lives. Because if Satan cannot get you to be evil or mean or completely disobedient... He will get you busy to where you leave some things out of your life. And he will get your priorities out of order to where you, you really don't have the favor. You're not walking in the favor of God because your priorities are out of order. Now, I didn't say you're lost. I didn't say you're not going to heaven, right? But you may be that saint that's going to just, just get into heaven. A pearly gate's going to hit you on the tail. Woo! <laughs> just made it. I don't want to be that guy. Right? Do you? No, we don't want to be that person. Salvation, I'm not. Salvation is simply trusting in the finished work of the cross, plus and minus nothing. You don't have to be a church member. You don't have to take communion. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do any of that to be saved. Now, I believe if you are saved, you'll want to do some of that stuff or all of that stuff. But you ever heard of a deathbed confession? Where's the, where's the first time that's mentioned in Scripture? A deathbed confession. Leave off the word bed. A death cross profession. Right? Yeah, on the cross. You remember the thief? Man, he's up there and he's, he's been a thief. He's a horrible guy. And he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Aren't you glad God didn't answer that prayer? Aren't you glad he didn't answer it? He didn't answer it. No. He said, no, I'm not going to answer that prayer in the affirmative. Because Christ hasn't even come into his kingdom yet. He'd still be waiting for that prayer to be answered. Are you with me? So Jesus didn't answer it that way. He said, no, 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 no. Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Aren't you glad of that? Think about it. The thief should say, just remember me when you come into your kingdom. No, Jesus said, no, today you're going with me, son. Why? Because he transferred his faith from himself and his works to Christ and the finished work of, cross, of the cross. He realized that that was God's son, and he repented of his sins and trusted in him. He was saved. You know who you're going to see in heaven one day? You'll see that thief that was hanging on the cross. You ever want to meet him? You get to meet him. You get to see him. You get to sit by the river of life for a thousand years if there's a clock, which I doubt there will be. You can sit there for as long as you want to and chat with him about that particular event. Was he baptized? 
Answer me, church. Mm -mm. Did he take communion? Did he tithe? Was he a church member? What denomination was he a part of? None of those. None of that stuff matters, guys, when it comes to salvation. Right? Now, there are some reasons why all that other stuff or all that's important whenever we're living out our lot. But I'm talking about as far as salvation. Salvation is the, as the finished work of Jesus on the cross and us placing our faith in him plus and minus nothing. So I'm not talking about salvation here when I'm talking about reprioritizing your life or your life not being in the right order it needs to be in. You may be a believer that's put your faith in Christ, but you're just not living under the blessings of God and the favor of God, right? Maybe the Holy Spirit of God is not filling your wings and lifting you because you just life is just out of order. I'm not talking about your relationship. I may be talking about your fellowship with the Lord. Is it where it needs to be? Well, the only way that we're going to be able to live out this is to completely reprioritize our life. So next Sunday, I'm going to talk about some of these priorities. And I think that's a good intro and probably a pretty good place to stop before I start getting into some of these priorities. So I want you to take these workbooks with you. I want you to bring them back next week. We're going to work our way through it. And then we're going to start prioritizing our life. Now, let me share with you a third goal that I have for 2018. This is the day of confession, isn't it? Actually, you know what it is? It's the day of accountability because I want to be held accountable. Because I want to do what I feel God's laid on my heart for me to do. Here's one of the things I'm going to do. I will hit it next week, but not completely until the following month. Every second, get this, pay attention, and help me spread the word on this. Every second Sunday, and I just feel the Lord laid this on my heart to do, so I'm going to do it. Every second Sunday of the month, if I'm in town, I'm in this pulpit. And if I'm not, I'm going to ask whoever's going to speak to speak on this subject. Every second Sunday of the month, I am going to speak on the marriage, the home and the marriage. Every second Sunday. So no matter what series I'm in, when it comes to the second Sunday of the month, we're going to call time out. And I'm going to preach on the marriage and the home. Why? Because those two things are under attack by Satan himself. And the church, get this, is only as strong as... As the weakest family. Are you with me? Now there's some strong families here at Victory. And I praise the Lord for that. But we're only as strong as the weakest family link. So what I feel the Lord has impressed upon my spirit to do is address that. So the second Sunday of every month. You help hold me accountable. Okay. Hopefully and prayerfully I won't miss it. I've already got it in my calendar. As I'm looking, oh, I'm preaching on marriage and the home. So every second Sunday of every month, no matter what series I'm in, no matter if I'm in the pulpit or not, whoever's here, I'm going to let them know you've got to preach on this subject, marriage and or the home, every second Sunday, because it's under attack. 
And if we're going to live out, if we're going to be a D6 church living out these D6 principles in the 21st century, we've got to focus on the marriages and the homes of Christian people so we know what God expects of us, so we can live that out and flourish. So I shared with you three of my commitments for 2018. Now, next week, I'm going to ask you to come up and share yours. No, I'm just kidding. What are my three that I shared with you? Enjoy where I am while I'm on my way to where I'm going. Have fun. Smile. Laugh. (laughs) I get a little emotional here because I am so doggone driven that I don't take time out to celebrate enough. I told my wife the other day, we're sitting out there at midnight, it's late, and we're just sitting out there talking. And I said, we, I have worked my tail off in this church since 1999, every single day, driven, 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 driven. We've got to grow this thing. We start with nothing. We've got to grow this thing. We've got to get established. Then we outgrow our building. We sell it. Now we're a nomads just wandering from church, from school to school, setting up and tearing down. Driven, 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 driven. I can't stop, can't stop, can't stop. We've got to get a location. We've got to get a building. We've got to get that driven, driven, driven. I can't stop, can't stop. But here we are. Now, are things perfect? No. There's still some more things we've got to do. But this old boy is going to sit back a little bit and enjoy it. Let me share something else with you. Oh, this is horrible. I shouldn't be spilling my guts. Do we have a phase two planning, building project? Yeah. Do we have a phase three? Yeah. But here's one thing I've let go of. I may not be the guy that leads our church into phase two or phase three. That may be the next generation. That may be the next If it happens, praise the Lord, I'm willing to do it. But I am not going to be so driven to make it happen as I was to make this one happen. We had to get a home, right? We had to get a place. I'm going to enjoy it a little bit, right? And while I'm enjoying it, I want to rest and walk with the blessings of God on my life and the favor of God on my life. I'm going to enjoy enjoy where I am today. While I'm on my way to where I'm going. I preach a message about that. I haven't preached in a long time called sailing. I don't have time to preach it right now. But that's what I'm going to do. We're sailing, baby. And what I want in my sail is the breath and the wind of the Holy Spirit of God and His blessing and His favor. And I know how to get that. When we prioritize our life. And we put him first. And we live for him. And every single day we make those commitments. Then we can start living with the blessings and the favor of God. Do you want that? I want it. Well, let's take that journey together. You want to? Let's take it together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. We ask your blessings on each one that's here. And Lord, we do want to walk in your wisdom and in your favor. And in your blessings. Father, we 
need you. And today we may have been brought to the realization that our shirt is not buttoned up properly. Help us to unbutton our shirts today. And reach back up there to that top button. And get those things in alignment. And then everything else that possibly we're struggling with, we're going to find those fall into place when we get the spiritual part of our life right. Help us to live out your word. Help us to submit to the authority of your word. Then help us ethos the word of God. It's who we are. And may it be revealed in our pathos, our passion of what we want to communicate and share with others. Have your will and way in all of our hearts and lives and all of our families. Bless our ministry. Bless our church. Very first Sunday of 2018, God, we desire your blessings and your favor. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.